What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the award-winning Nintendo podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, and the doors to episode 88 are open. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and joining me, as always, is my best buddy, Bryce DeWitt. 88, I am great. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, that's where it's gone. Yeah. Bryce, how we going, my friend? How's the... I was about to say, how's the week gone, but yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I suppose it was a pretty quiet week for me. Mm. And then up until I was coming here to do the podcast and I'd uh, been looking after the baby most of the day and decided he decided today that he just wanted to unload <laughs> an entire stomach on me, including bile. So we had to, we actually didn't have any problem like that when it come to my daughter. We'd never experienced that before. So we're like, fuck. Uh, so I cleaned myself up. We called the hospital and said, is this normal? Because he kind of just unleashed. <laughs> yeah. And they said, uh, it could be attributed to something, but just check for dehydration and should be right. Mm. I'm like, okay. What was it? Well, you just gave him lunch. Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah. So he just had a breast. He just had a breastfeed. Yeah. And then I had him, and the last couple of days he's he's done that to me. He's just decided I'm just going to projectile vomit. Mm. The first one I was in my work uniform yesterday, <laughs> and he projectile vomited. He missed me, <laughs> but. With Evie and how she likes to move around my Wii U tablet because she uses it. Oh, no. He <laughs> <laughs> got a splash on the Wii U tablet, so that oh, was right. great. Yep. Disrespecting the Wii U. Oh, what a, <laughs> what a rude little man. What a rude little man. Uh, but I suppose at least he spewed it on the right console. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sweet. Um, you, don't think it, you don't think the Wii U was a cause for the, <clears throat> the, the sick feeling in his stomach? No, that's a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> that's a bit harsh. I still like the console. Yeah, I like, like, I like the console. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And today, today it was no different. He did it three times yesterday in the time that I was that I was home, and then um, today he uh, decided to go one step further and just not only unleash what he had in his gullet, but from the pit of his stomach as well. So mm. I've never seen I've never seen a baby spew yellow before. This is a really weird conversation to start off a podcast. It is, yeah, but here, here we are. Just but here go. we are. But here we are. Um, Welcome to the house of Mario, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It was a bit strange. So, you know, we're starting late today, obviously, because I had to go and check that stuff. And yeah, mm. so my my, uh, my end of week's been pretty wild. Mm. <laughs> haven't had the time to play video games because I've been dealing with puke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I haven't played many video games at all this week either. I actually got a um, Xbox One S so the most video games I've been doing is just sort of downloading yeah downloading I set it up just to download heaps of stuff off Game Pass and yeah so I'll be jumping Which, into that this week now that you've done that we have to play video games we do we have to I mean not <laughs> we have to play video games not, no, like it, it's, we not, do anyway. it's not Nintendo but it, it is video games so is, yeah um, now that you have done that we'll uh, have to get on that hmm what game are we going to start off with first? What do you think? You know what? Um, you've got you got. What, did you get Halo Five on download? Uh, oh well, no, but I can. I've got the okay. disc. I've, I own it. Oh, you you own it? Okay, yeah. yeah. You should. Okay, so you should probably install that. But I mean, we, we've well, got Apex there. We've I, got I downloaded Forza. Master Chief Collection. Do you want to start with that? Well, I mean, I was, I was thinking like <clears> Halo <throat> One, Two, Three. Jump into co-op. Them. Yeah, or co-op, or just like. I don't know how how the multiplayer um, population is mm. on Master Chief Collection on PC. It's going to blow the hell up. When yeah, it comes down. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which, by the way, was one of the 
best announcements they made this week yeah. in the video gaming world. We've been waiting since Halo 2 to get the rest of them. Didn't surprise me at all, but when I saw the Steam logo down there, I'm like, what? Come yeah. to Steam? I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, they just No, it, it did surprise me in general that we were getting it because at this point in time... Because Halo 2, Halo 2 was the last Halo that they released on the PC platform. Yeah. So it was like... And Halo 2 is my favourite. I love Halo 2. Halo 2 is my favourite Halo game. Um, and ever since then, and their blunder with games for Windows... I uh, I'd been waiting for the rest of them to come out, and they just never did. Mm. So we never got um, we never got three ODST Reach, you know, five. We never got any of them. Four. Yeah, we yeah. missed out on a lot of Halo games on PC. So when they start slowly trickling out this year, which I believe it starts with Reach on PC, mm-hmm. I'm right in on that shit. I'm buying it and I'm playing them on PC because. Uh, some of my fondest memories of Halo were playing multiplayer at the library on PC. Yeah. I remember uh, playing the um, the cus- <coughs> custom edition at school, just of Halo 1. Yeah. Everyone just had it on their USB, put it in the computer, and we would play uh, just Blood Gulch and uh, yep. just muck around doing that. And like everyone had it. And the school servers, I remember, well, in there for a math <coughs> mass class. And all the, guys, all the guys sat in the computer lab on the one side yep. and we'll... Uh, and we all just jumped into Halo. We're meant to be. We, I think we only went there literally to like, all right, guys. There's a mass assignment we're doing. Uh, go to the computer room, uh, print it out, and uh, we'll come back and we will we'll continue on with the mass lesson. So we all go in there. All the girls sit on one side. You know, they, they're in their Word documents or Excel, or whatever, printing it out. And we're just like on the other side of oh, playing Halo. Playing Halo. And what like. Uh, it actually like crashed the school server. <laughs> it, ruined, it, brought it, it brought it down. <laughs> oh god damn it! Because obviously it's not designed for gaming on. No, and it was just so bloody funny. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I can't. I can't wait to jump into it a bit more too. I might get when I actually get a built PC. I'll, well, I'll have it with yeah. Games Pass anyway. Actually, but yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. and I mean I will too. But um, I, I'll probably just buy it on Steam for the fact that it's on Steam. Yeah, because you're a big Steam boy. I'm a big Steam boy. I love Steam. And I know that the the Windows versions and the Steam versions are probably going to corroborate. But, mm. um, yeah, I'll just have it on Steam for the fact of supporting Halo. Yeah. Anyway, moving away, moving away from Xbox. Yeah, I was about to say, um, just on the show this week, we're going to talk about Axiom Verge coming to Wii U as a limited edition. <laughs> we got uh, Gearbox is teasing a new Borderlands game, question mark Switch version. Uh uh, Final Fan- there's a Final Fantasy blowout all these games are coming out very soon uh, Persona announcements but since we're on the topic of Xbox uh, probably about a month ago at this point Xbox um, it wasn't even a month ago yeah there was the Game Pass leak thing the Game Pass and the Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch yeah yeah. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to touch on these too much because I listen to every single podcast I listen to they went down and discussed this topic. Maybe, but we are the house of Mario. We are the house of Mario, We, we yes. are not another podcast. We, we're not another podcast. No. We're this one. Yeah, exactly. The one you are listening to right now. Yes, yes. We we evolve a house with a man named Mario and we talk about video games. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's really handy because we've got a plumber in house, unclogs the toilet after Bryce eats big burritos. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I'm guilty as charged too. I, I clog up the toilet just as well as Bryce does. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, my interest, my interest in this mainly is, is like, if this is a thing that is happening and we're getting a game pass per se, 
is it ex- only going to be Xbox exclusive titles? Because I feel like they can't just sign away the rights to other games. Yeah, they to can't. the Nintendo platform. I just want to go back to the um, sort of the new the the, the actual yeah okay the, the report before. So Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch. So the GDC <coughs> uh, speech which leaked, um, which will be happening this week, I, I believe. I can't remember. Yeah, right. it's ca- happening very soon anyway, but. What I got out of that, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Xbox Live coming to Nintendo Switch, this means you're going to be, you know... Using Xbox's services to log in and... Yeah, log in and that. And I don't think it is. Well, like, it's going to be just what Minecraft is doing right now on Nintendo Switch. How you can how you can Maybe. log in and cro- cross-play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because... Um, log into your Microsoft account. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's similar with what Epic Games done with Fortnite too. They're using the back end of their cross-play service where developers can use that in Unreal Engine 4. Yeah. And I think at the GDC, they're going to be showing off their technology. Developers can use this for cross-play. Cross Sign to Xbox Live. You better play on all platforms that use it. And I don't think it's much more than that as far as that um, initial news report comes right. out because people are saying oh you can go onto the Xbox store buy games and go back to your Xbox and play them there that's not going to happen Nintendo is not no, going to no, be absolutely not they, no. they are not going to be like oh yeah just put your store on our closed platform because yep. you know what would be the point of them having a closed platform if um, you could just buy I mean you know, I, I would love to see if it was like the game pass that they have and they're just like hey you can play the Master Chief collection on your Switch hmm. that would be that would be wicked that would be. That would be but so good. That's something. That's something different to what this Xbox Live thing is, though. Apparently, yeah. Apparently. Then, like afterwards, a rumor came out that oh, um, you're gonna be able to stream Xbox games to your Switch, uh, which won't be Games Pass. That's like downloading games. Yeah. You're not gonna be downloading an 80 gig game to your Switch. Oh no! Shit. <laughs> Obviously. No. no. So, I think I think very well that the, um, what was the X Cloud um. Microsoft stream service, service yeah. which is going to go into beta later this year for the public to test. Uh, well, I, I, I can very well see that coming the Switch. It's a, it's a win-win situation for Microsoft and it is a win situation as far as Nintendo goes that you can play games that just won't run on that hardware. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep. But Nintendo has a philosophy that game and software are actually worth something. Like that, they, they, oh, yeah, yeah, without a question, yeah. They they put they put the uh, the the price tags on their games and keep them as it, as it is because they see their software is valuable and they want it to be perceived that way as well, right? So I I don't see them. That's that's where it kind of comes into conflict with me, where I'm like, I don't know whether they'd want games to be that cheap and accessible from just a streaming service when they, they're they going to be wanting to sell you their games they're going to be wanting them you to buy stuff like Rocket League and that on their hardware on their platform yeah, yeah. <coughs> so Jesus. I can't get this frog out of my throat today. I, don't know what <laughs> I don't know what it is it's just stuck in there mate right? maybe you need to throw up as well get the frog <laughs> god uh, but yeah like whether whether they come to an agreement where it's alright maybe first party Microsoft games can stream but that's it maybe not third-party stuff like Rocket League? No, well, I don't think... That's what I meant earlier. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think that will be a thing. I think it'll be Xbox exclusive. And, like, with the relationship that Microsoft and Nintendo have at the moment across their gaming teams, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's it's very solid. We're about to see, the like, the, the retirement of Reggie, but Reggie has been, you know, pretty close with Phil Spence. The Spence, yeah? The Spence. 
um, playing video games with him, whether it be Smash or Mario Tennis or whatever, and you know, on their on their treehouse presentations or their Microsoft thingies or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're corroborating a lot and talking a lot, and that's it's fantastic to see. I, lo- I love I love seeing the relationship between these two companies because I was a big Xbox fan. Yeah. So um, hopefully hopefully it does culminate to a even bigger better relationship and we sort of see not a merge obviously of companies <laughs> but a merge of ideas and like these two companies working together that would be brilliant in mm. my opinion you know yeah. Microsoft have a lot of input that would work for Nintendo Nintendo have a lot of input that would work for Microsoft and they could work off those ideas and make some real magical shit happen yeah um, it's obviously not going to happen with Sony because Sony's very comfortable in their first place right now and they're They've only just sort of opened up to the idea of going, let's cross-play. Yeah, like, oh, we'll, we'll do a beta. We'll go into beta for yeah. Fortnite. Yeah, we're going to beta for Fortnite. And, and you know... And they're rolling out other things like Rocket League's embracing yeah, slowly, it now too. slowly, slowly, yeah. yeah. Even though the developers are just like, just let us do it. They're just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to play all those guys. At, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're going to buy the games on the platform of choice that you want to play them on. Yeah. And... I don't think they're going to affect sales as much as they think they are. So, yeah. I mean, in the end, um, it'd be nice to see a future where all three of them can corroborate together somehow. But Microsoft and Nintendo, for me especially, is a really good start, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Hopefully... Because those those, uh, in the rumors as well, like Cuphead and the... Those sort of games where you can see you running on a Switch yeah. are going to be ported. And that would be great. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome. Cuphead's like the perfect game to be like, hey, this is a Microsoft game on a Nintendo platform. Absolutely, yeah. It is absolutely... Like, because Cuphead is obviously very critically acclaimed. Um, and, I mean, it was sort of in the dark for a while when it was being released and stuff like that. But that game is so beautiful. Every, every frame is hand-drawn and everything, you know. So... It'd be lovely to see something like that on Nintendo. Yeah, like it took for ages to come out. It did as well. Took ages. Took yeah. took so long. Delay after delayed, and yeah, yeah. I'd love to play it on Switch, but just need a good D pad. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's all I wanted to say on it. It was pretty. Well, I guess quick, so. Yeah, quick turnover, but I just I just think in the end that's what I take away from it is that more collaboration between Nintendo and Microsoft means good things I don't think that um, any bad will ever really come from that and because of like how they can bounce off each other with their different ideas it could mean very good things Mm. so hopefully they roll with it and we'll see what happens I guess yeah so next up from Limited Games Twitter so after several years of the struggle yeah, what did I say? Limited games. Limited yeah. run. Oh, I forgot the run. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, after several years of struggle and ongoing legal battle over a huge uh, over a huge amount of money... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> money? I'll start again. Do you want me to read it, mate? No, like, my brain is just fried after this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel you. Big uh, news, obviously. Yeah. Uh, after several years of struggle and an ongoing legal battle over a huge amount of money at the hands of bad land publishing, Axiom Verge is coming physically to Wii U on Friday, March 29th. 
Sorry, it still makes me laugh. Yeah. Physically on Wii U. So, th- this this was a, a special edition that was announced a long time ago. Yep. And limited run games are, instead of saying, hey, we're just going to cancel it and forget about it, they're actually still bringing it out for Wii U, which is a, I assume, <laughs> I never hear about it, a very dead user base not using it anymore. Yep. I can't imagine anyone who was hardcore enough to be like, yes, I'm getting a Wii U. I want to play some Nintendo games. Hasn't got a Switch yet. I might be wrong. And <laughs> and I mean, Axiom version is already on the console, is it not? I'm pretty I, sure it's I, I on could, the eShop. I'm pretty sure it is, but I couldn't tell you 100%. I'm pretty sure it's on the eShop. So it's not like the game hasn't been around. The only people that, were, that are probably going to end up with the special edition are the people that are real massive fans of Axiom Verge. And even then... Yeah, or just... I think just hardcore collectors being like, all right, this is a limited run game on a Wii U in 2019. Oh, yeah. It's, they're, they're it'll, in, it'll be worth money you save it. Save yeah. it. And yeah. Axiom Verge is a, you know, a, a beloved indie game as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying yeah, that it's yeah. very strange. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. It's really odd. <laughs> Personally, if I were the publisher, I would just say, all right, forget it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But yeah. it's good to see that they're actually... Bringing it out, you yeah. Know, well, instead of not just instead of just scrapping it and not saying a word, yeah. I, I mean, maybe they should have just converted it and been like, "Hey, it's on the Switch." Well, I probably. believe I believe there is a. Oh, there, there is. I've seen it in EB Games that yeah. this is on Switch. Is it the collector's? Thing? It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. if you get a collector's edition, it's the Switch version. Then fine. Because I, I remember seeing it in EB Games. It has like it has like the Blu-ray with behind the scenes, right, um, and everything in it, right. And it was about it was about eighty dollars or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'd love to get that, but opted out at the time yep but yeah so it's on Wii U now <laughs> hooray <laughs> hooray I hope uh, that they do say here that there's no chance of them making their money back but they're just doing it for, for the goodwill for the yep. p- probably 10 people that are like yes yes Axiom Verge <laughs> alright uh, this is from My Nintendo News um, they say that well they, they point out that Gearbox official uh, a Twitter account has a put out a screenshot, a blurry screenshot of a sort of a it's Borderlands Two. It's Borderland. a Borderlands Two screenshot. It is a Borderlands Two it screenshot. It is one hundred percent a Borderlands Two screenshot. Yeah. You were talking to somebody who's played through them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they say time time to tease another game for PAX, and they posted a blurry picture, and everybody's assuming that means Switch version. Mm. Like they've they've got their VR version. Uh, it is on Xbox One, PS4. Yeah. What Borderlands Two related? What could it be? It'll be Borderlands to? Two. Yeah. Uh, it'll be Borderlands Two something. People are like oh a Switch version, and it's like okay, well it could be a Switch version. Could be a mobile phone version. It could be yeah. Could be anything. You it know, could, it could be a Tales to the Borderlands. Well, obviously not with Telltale, Telltale gone, but maybe. It could be um, a Borderlands 2 movie. Yeah. You don't... Like, the thing is, is like... It, it's one of those very vague leaks that people are just like, Switch version, Switch version. And like, I love Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 is a freaking great game. Like, it had some of the last last very good rounds, in my opinion, of DLC. Which, yeah. um, you know, doesn't happen very often with video games. Like, I, even with Red Dead. I just started playing Red Dead again today. Red Dead 1. Um, that had one of the greatest as well. Uh, and it's still universally loved by pretty much everyone that plays it. 
So Borderlands, Borderlands 2 on the Switch would be great, but I don't think this necessarily means that it's going to be a Switch version. I don't see how making a pixelated screenshot and then people making the assumption that it's mm. a Switch version. I think I think people are making the assumption just because it makes probably, as far as a port goes, which people are assuming this is, not like a maybe a spin-off game with the same graphics engine or something, but Switch does make the most sense for it, bringing it to... Because Borderlands, there's rumours that uh, Borderlands 3 is going to be announced at PAX as well. And that, that I assume that wouldn't be coming to Switch. No, it won't be, probably. Um, yeah. But the Borderlands 3 teasers are already quite clear. This is not as clear at all. Mm. Because people have already got screenshots, the original screenshots from that scene of the game, yeah. like, up. And it is literally just Borderlands 2. Yeah. And I mean, I looked at it in the beginning anyway. I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's just the... There's something crawling on my leg, Drew. What have you got in this house, rodents? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a bug. It's all right. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> you need you need fly spray in here, mate. Um, a fly spray. A fly spray here. Yeah. Was it a fly on your leg? Well, I mean, it's poison, mate. It'll kill it either way. <laughs> oh well, sorry, man. <laughs> um, but I, I could tell anyway because it was a character from Borderlands Two just blurred out in front of Marcus's shop. Mm-hmm. That's that's all you really needed to know. That's what it was. You could see that even if it was blurry. If you're a Borderlands fan, you pretty much got that straight off the bat. Um, Borderlands 2 is something that they constantly re-release in different forms. Um, the only two platforms left for it to be on really, yes, are Switch and Mobile. Um, but at the same time, it could mean a different type of Borderlands media. It could mean this, it could mean that. You really don't know. Um, unless they're teasing like a remaster of some kind and they're just like haha make a joke about how old Borderlands looks pixely as shit which would not surprise me mm. you know that's that's the type of thing I would imagine Gearbox would do um, but I don't know I, I, I think I think it's a we will wait and see if it comes to Switch then good Borderlands 2 is one of the greatest co-op shooters of all time yeah if it does if, if it does get announced for Switch and presume it'll be come out this year sometime would you be interested in playing it again or yeah yeah, I'd yeah. play it on Switch yep because it's one of those games where it's just like I could pick it up and bring it around and I'm just like hey let's play Borderlands yeah and like and then when I'm at home it's just like hey let's play Borderlands <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the things you do. Like that was that was the good thing about having a laptop back in the day too. Is with a game like Borderlands, you could just take that laptop anywhere and play Borderlands anywhere. Just go and like shoot out and grind and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like Borderlands is fun, so I, I can't I can't complain too much. Mm. But at the same time, it, it's it's hard to tell where the series is going to go from that point on a Nintendo Nintendo console as it is. Mm. Like probably. Feels, feel, feels like a really hard no that it would be Borderlands 3 on Switch. Yeah. But Gearbox have done weird things before, so I'm not going to rule yeah. it out. We're assuming that um, Borderlands 3 is going to be going sort of the, the Destiny route, go and try and do games of a servicey more maybe not as maybe not hard in that direction I actually but. don't think so I think they'll probably stick to the usual formula of what they did with Borderlands 2 well because it was so, it was so successful as it was there was yeah. really no point to deviate from the path and I mean people would love to see constant updates and stuff like that but the way that the way that games like Destiny and Anthem are handled in that perspective mm. it's really shite it's not good yeah um, and I know a lot of people you know sort of stepping in and defend that they'll be like oh, I love Destiny Destiny's a great game and I'm not, I'm not disputing it Destiny is fun when you get 
to the end and you do all the hard stuff and all that but their business model for releasing DLCs has always been crap and I feel like if Gearbox fell into that hole as well and did the same thing they'd probably land themselves in trouble for already screwing up a what was an already great franchise yeah um, and especially since the pre-sequel wasn't received half as well as what Borderlands 2 was mm. I feel like they kind of need to go back and do it do it like they did with Borderlands 2 yeah Oh well, if it does come to Switch, I'll I'll play with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would love to play the game. It, you know, it's been I launched Red Dead today, and I realised that it's been eight years since I finished that game. Yeah, it makes us feel old, doesn't it? it? Makes me feel old. <laughs> I remember sitting in your bedroom watching you play it. Yeah, yep. Good yeah, old Red back, Dead back at your old mum, old mum's place, old mum's old place. There we go. Good old Red Dead. But yeah, and it would have been around about the same amount of time since I played Borderlands too. So. Yeah, that says something. Hmm. I'd love to play it again. Yeah. It's like, it's getting to the point now where some of these old games on PS3 and 360 are actually becoming a bit, like, fairly nostalgic. They're becoming, yeah, they're slowly becoming the retro, which is really strange to say when you think about it, isn't it? Well, a couple more years, they'll be 10 years old, be be a decade years old. Yeah, and I mean, when we were playing 64, we were already calling, you know, we were already calling uh, Mario Bros and stuff like that retro. Yeah, when realistically it actually wasn't that far into the future in comparison it was about 10 years mm. you know so we're at that stage now where those games are sort of falling into that category as well where they're <laughs> classic to people mm. so yeah and it's like yeah like gaming's really taken even Mario Galaxy 12 years old yeah it's 12 years old it's nuts it's a retro game now <laughs> <laughs> not a retro studios game everybody don't get confused no yeah, no, yeah, no, we don't get many of them. <laughs> no, not at all. So, yeah, oh God, it's just so weird to think about. Thinking about something as pretty as Mario Galaxy is mm. being 12 years old and considering it the same difference between in time between uh, Super Mario Bros. and Super Mario 64. Think of it from that perspective. Oh, God. It's, so, it's so weird, mm. so strange. But that's the way we're headed. Yeah, and you can see like the jump has really slowed down, like between the, obviously yeah. the original Mario Bros and Mario sixty four. Oh, it's a huge <laughs> step. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, now pretty much with the Wii U, even now the Switch is like, all right, it's HD now, and it looks it looks better, and you can do greater draw distances. There's a bit more shine to Mario's trousers, yeah. but but apart from that, it hasn't really completely changed the game. No, no, yeah. and it won't. You know, it's just sort of how it's going. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Oh, thinking about thinking about time. When are we getting a new Zelda game in the in the similar vein to Breath of the Wild? Do you reckon it's going to be like a three year development cycle? They're going to like do a Majora's Mask and sort of reuse assets, or do you reckon it's going to be like another six years? And all right, it's a completely different game. No, I don't. I don't think. Um, here's the thing: is that I think they have very well decided now because of how Breath of the Wild was received that they're like right we've formulated Zelda back to what it was we've made it something pretty damn incredible we've gotten all this feedback we're keeping this team on that did it they were the new sort of younger yeah younger development team and they'll make something with the new with the ideas and the feedback that people had in mind and they'll make something like Breath of the Wild again they're prob- they're more than like well I'm pretty sure they have started working on it already no oh, so, definitely yeah you know they're I don't think it'd be a stupid, stupid long amount of time. They've they've taken all the lessons that they've learned from Monolith Soft about world building and seamless world, well, seamless world building and stuff like that. That 
they can start doing it again use the same similar process that they did with breath of the wild um change up some things like make the story maybe a bit more rich and go back to to traditional dungeons and stuff like that and they can go from there Hmm. i think i don't think it'll be as bad as um like oh what's a good example of a jump from Twilight Princess to Skald Sword yeah that weight like a whole that weight was nuts the whole generation literally the whole 2006 to 2011 so that was five years was it 2006 to 2011 I mean I think it it could be that amount of time as well but it's just sort of like yeah I don't know they might they might be able to get it out quicker with the with the new younger team and all their all their skills they've got going on and stuff like that. It might, you know, I, I think Zelda at the moment is just destined to bleed over into the next console. That just seems to be a trend now. Yeah. After, you know, hmm. Wind Waker depends what depends what a sort of angle they take it at. Maybe they could use the existing map and obviously in Breath of the Wild it was all destroyed. It was after the war and uh, the the wild was taking over the land you know everything was there was forest and there was moss all over the old temples and that maybe they take what they've got there and like oh let's put some more towns that have rebuilt themselves in there and sort of a sequel, add, add to yeah, it like, like an that. actual sequel mm. per se I mean yeah maybe that would be good but at the same time I think um, the way the the way that Breath of the Wild ended you shot a big pig in the head you did shoot a big pig in the head. <laughs> Thanks for the spoilers. The way the way the Breath of the Wild I can't hear my microphone, goddamn it. The way the <laughs> Breath of the Wild ended and the way that the story was told, it made it had seemed that sort of Ganondorf was on his last legs. Um well Ganon, I should say. Was on his last legs. So it makes me to believe that Zelda is always going to be known as one of the Zeldas that's placed last in the timeline. Might be mm. the last Zelda in the timeline from now on, and everything else is placed in between that and Ocarina of Time. Yeah. That might just be the case. Well, in the timeline, they've gone on record saying that it's not in the timeline because they've. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Yeah. But people are always going to be put, trying to put it in the timeline. There's oh, yeah. there's no... You <laughs> know. Fucking Zelda timeline. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I mean, that aside, it's probably just a case of like, where are they going to put it in there? I would love to see a big old Breath of the Wild started world with more civilization type thing like you're talking about. Imagine like Hyrule Castle Town being lifted up and like actually looking like a proper castle town and stuff. That'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. Would be fantastic. Like I, just, I, I, I can't I, imagine the amount of resources that would have to pump into that to make that happen. But yeah, there's that, and there's also making it sort of run on the switch. I feel like what they did with the land was all right. So we want to make a huge open world to explore, but if we put towns here and everything, it's going to take forever, and it's also going to take a bit to run on the switch and the Wii U. Right. as well yeah. so if they put towns and NPCs and everything I wonder if the actual Switch can handle that because we've we've seen in like more uh, busier areas that the Switch does chug a bit yeah but with the with the art style change as well they can fix that type of thing mm. oh you think it'll change the art style and everything too I reckon they would yeah mm. I feel like well, with their art style being the more sort of cell shadow look that is to sort of save power well so yeah, but the thing is, is that the game still looks phenomenally like pretty. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on in the background that you can see in the distance, like the dragons flying around and stuff like that. You know, you could see a um, 
Zelda more akin to Wind Waker being the next step or, you know, hearkening back to Borderlands, they had that real cell shady look, but they had the black lines to sort of make things pop out. Yeah. They could have something like that. It's really stylistic type of Zelda with a little less graphical fidelity, but using very simple techniques to make the game pop out. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Zelda's, Zelda's always been very phenomenally about experimenting with art styles as you've seen by like the changes to how Link looks over the years and you know the kind of situations he's put in in art styles and concept art and all that stuff so I think I think it's possible they could do it and still manage to keep the game looking unique and stuff like that but also making the game a little less taxing in mm. that sort of regard because when you think about it in Breath of the Wild, there are so many high peaks and cliffs and stuff like that that you could see off in the distance and you just go there and climb. Yeah. You know? And you've got to load all the things that are around that as you come into it. They might be hidden in the background, but, you know, who's to say that you can't have a city in the distance and then, like, as you draw close to it, it does the same thing. Mm. Yeah, well, I hope uh, I hope that is easy to program around. I'm just sort of bringing it to attention just to... I guess so, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see, we'll see. I mean, yeah. We've got a while to wait, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, without question. Yeah. Uh, um, this is just a quick thing that uh, Ubisoft have uh, detailed what Assassin's Creed 3 is uh, bringing to Nintendo Switch, just some of its features. So it's got H- HD Rumble Bros. Very, very exciting. Uh, provides additional player uh, layer of feedback during gameplay. Ooh, I'm sure that's very exciting. Touchscreen interface enhances accessibility for game menus. Very uh, exciting. Here's one for you, Bros. Motion controls <laughs> ensures an intuitive controlled feeling during uh, distant w- weapon aiming. Mm. Mm. So that's for your bows and yeah, yeah, your yeah. aiming things. You throw on your tomahawk around. Yeah. And the specific UI design provides HUD adaption for different display modes. For example, docked or handheld gameplay. Now, like, not much there, but I would... I just want to sort of bring up that, like, back in the direct, uh, if that was the footage they decided to use, this game is going to... I'd wait to, rev- to reviews before jumping into this game. Well, the thing is, is this game was also the first Assassin's Creed released on a Nintendo console. Yeah. Oh, well, apart from the DS ones, but I don't really count them. No. Um, here's the thing. I really like Assassin's Creed 3. In my opinion, in my honest opinion, and I know a lot of people are going to criticise me for this because Assassin's Creed 2 exists... <gasps> But it's probably my favourite one. <gasps> I reckon Assassin's Creed 3 is my favourite one. Just because I like jumping around the trees and yeah, stuff like that. And, I like that too. You know, having the cultural the cultural sort of integration with the with the Indian tribes and all that stuff. And, you know, the whole red red and blue coats. You know, I, I thought that was all really good. Yeah. It's definitely one of like, the coolest... Conceptual ones. Yeah, to take place in yeah I think I think it's great but it, it does still utterly confuse me why they're why they're releasing this of all of them when Assassin's like I said when Assassin's Creed 2 exists everybody loves Assassin's Creed 2 yeah well they they already have the remasters on the other consoles for 1 and 2 and uh, like uh, whatever of the other games Ezio was included in Maybe it was Brotherhood or something. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm not a big Assassin's still, Creed like, dude. That's, that still makes you go, why three? But three... Um, it's like putting Mass Effect 3 on the Wii U. Well, it's like literally the pretty much the same situation. It's, oh, like, it's not quite that bad, but yeah, I get where you're coming from. I think it's just because it's coming out 
for the other consoles and it's just coming out for Switch at the same time. They're not going back to like do a completely different yeah, but guess, in that remake case, then, for it. If the, in that case, then, why don't they just release a collection? Just be like, here's one, two, and three on the Switch. Kind of makes more sense to do it that way. Yeah, probably, but it's more work for them. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I obviously would like to see a collection as well. This does have liberation with it, so it is a kind of a collection. Okay. <laughs> so Liberation was the one on the Vita. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically an Assassin's Creed. I, I, anything that's not a numbered Assassin's Creed title or at least, you know, well, on, on, a- on, on a main console, I just don't really care about. Mm, fair enough. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Assassin's Creed fans. I don't really want to play Liberation. I don't care. I want to play Assassin's Creed China because I don't care. You know? Yeah, the 2D games, yeah. And I, I didn't... I don't, yeah, I don't really want to play them. And <laughs> I don't want to play. It. You don't. Ne- you don't need to play them to get the, the Assassin's Creed experience, like you would say Kingdom Hearts, where you have to pretty much play every, play every game in the series to get what the hell is going on. In my opinion, that game is more about what the self, what the insert is in the game, not the story going on in the background. Because if you've played the Assassin's Creed game, you know that it's actually a game set in the future that delves back into the past. Yeah. The, the the past story is the more interesting part about it to me I don't really give a shit what's going on in the future yeah I don't think anyone does <laughs> not really because it kind yeah. of just went to shit anyway yeah so Assassin's Creed 3 is coming to Switch and it's got new features cool thanks Ubisoft you've done that with the Wii U version <laughs> yeah well the thing is like the Wii U version ran pretty well oh it ran fine that's where I played Assassin's Creed 3 yeah so did I so but I'm just saying that's really confusing <laughs> yeah Kind of just like, well, it didn't work well enough on Wii U because the Wii U didn't sell. Maybe if we put it on Switch, it'll work well. But I'm just kind of like, nah, not really. Mm. You put Assassin's Creed 2 on there, you might get people to buy it at a decent price, mind you, because this game will probably come in at like 90 bucks or yeah. some stupid crap like that. And you're going to be like, why did I bother? Uh, well, no one's going to bother for 90 bucks. No, exactly. It so. won't be 90. I, I, I'll put a guess now, it'll be 70. No, I'll put a guess now. If if it is going, if it isn't going to be ninety, then it'd be sixty. Yeah, sixty is a very expensive price still for it. <laughs> yeah, for, for Assassin's Creed Three. Yeah, absolutely. And Liberation, Bryce. Oh, don't, don't forget. Don't care about. Don't forget liberation. the Vita. The Vita gem. The Vita gem, because everybody cared about what happened with the Vita. Uh, Bryce, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Final, this Final Fantasy Blowout Games. Uh, it's coming. Big blowout. Yeah. They're all coming out soon. We've had Final Final Fantasy Nine already, yeah. yeah and Final Fantasy Seven that's come out, has it? No, it's coming out next week. I've it's next already, week. I've already pre-downloaded it, mate. Yeah, I, I saw you that you pre-downloaded it. Pre-downloaded so. it. Mm. So Final Fantasy Seven. That's when I, I want to. I haven't played a Final Fantasy game, so I want to start on Seven. Okay. Is that a good place to start, my friend? Well, but, yeah, because the thing is, is that it's got obviously some of the most iconic characters in video game history. Mm. You get more background on Cloud. It's got one of the most memorable, uh, some of the most memorable cutscenes in video game history, and stuff like that. There's a lot to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, because um, um, friend of the show, uh, Paul James was talking. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say James Paul. Sorry, James. James Paul. <laughs> and then you said sorry, James. Anyway, yeah, that's, no, my, <laughs> my head is so scrambled. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. But he he absolutely loves Final Fantasy IX. He was saying on Twitter that oh yeah yeah that yeah. that should be the one I start with. He is a Final Fantasy IX advocate, that that bloke. Yeah. It's all, right, it's all right, Paul. I'll play it one day, I promise. 
Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think I want to start with seven just because that's the iconic one. That's yeah. and is that the most accessible one as well? Would you say? Well, look, the thing is, is that most most Final Fantasies, most I I can't stress that enough. Most Final Fantasy games are fairly easy to approach. Um, the exceptions being stuff like. 12 and 13 where their combat systems are a little bit more complicated yep um 15 is really easy to approach you know and then anything before 12 is pretty uh well you know discluding the MMOs is pretty easy pretty easy to approach yeah I'm probably thinking what the US release is probably 3 6 7 9 they're the ones I would like to jump into uh well the best, the best Final Fantasies, in my opinion, um, if you want from the classic experience, so from one to one to six, mm-hmm. three, four, and six are probably the best three games out of the lot. But three, three in particular needs to be the DS remaster that they made. But yeah. you can get that on iOS and stuff like that as well. I would say the same for four as well. Mm-hmm. Four is kind of the same boat. It, it's it's re- it's it's better than what three was in its original form, but there is a remaster of it, so you might as well play the remaster. Yeah. Um, and then six is like one of the most acclaimed um, classic RPGs of all time. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, but going back to the games that are actually releasing this month, we've got nine seven. Um, there's five of them: nine seven, twelve, ten, and ten two. So. 10 and 10, 2 and 12, they've already had remasters on PS4. So we're getting them now. Um, and that's great. Uh, 12 and 10 are very good games. Um, but the ones that are coming out closer is obviously 9's already out. Um, 9 was the very niche one out of the three on the PS1. Mm. And as much as Paul loves it, and that that it's okay, buddy, I'm going to play it. I'm, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. <laughs> because it's a Final Fantasy game and I like Final Fantasy but it never aesthetically p- appealed to me at the time because the two other Final Fantasies that were on that console were more geared to look towards a more mature audience and because I had already played one that sort of sat around that it was weird going to something that went back to a more classic style per se so Jesus your phone is that your is that your Mac that's my that's my iMessage is coming through. Sorry, mate. Oh my god! Tell your Mac to shove it. I would hate that. Hearing my phone notifications come through my Mac. Yeah, it's quite handy. But go on. Go quite on. handy. Okay. It is quite handy. I use it instead of. Oh, I noticed what I bought this other phone. I can't use my phone to text. I'll just use my iMac. Yeah, go on, bro. <laughs> um. So seven seven is the obviously one of the highest rated games of all time it's not a super complicated game to understand it's a turn-based rpg um they had has an active time battle gauge which was the evolution of the series mm-hmm. that's when the game transferred from um turn-based to active time battle um in a 3d space at least uh and yeah, honestly, it's just probably got one of the most fleshed out stories and it's probably the best place to start with Final Fantasy. It, it'll it'll be really jarring to you at first because there's a lot of 2.5D, but 
Yeah. Yeah, and going back to the old PlayStation graphics too, yeah. Yeah, like outside of battle, your hands are cubes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit strange, but, um, you know, there's a lot to laugh about for Final Fantasy VII. Um, the other weird thing as well too, though, when we're talking about the prices of these games is that the remasters are going to be close to full price. Um, the 12 and 10 and 10 too. Mm, I did say that. They're yeah. going to be they're going to be close to full price, which you know what that that's what happened with them anyway. So I, I wasn't expecting any less. But what's really strange is that there is a dis- there is a price discrepancy between nine and seven, like a really heavy one. It's like yeah. fifteen dollars difference. Didn't, didn't notice that. Like yeah, it's really odd. I'd... And like Final Fantasy VII's the cheaper one. Yeah, because uh, and yeah. it's more popular. What was Final Fantasy Nine? Was it thirty two? Thirty? No, it's like thirty six. Thirty six? Yeah. And, um, Final Fantasy Seven's like twenty two. Yeah. Why? Why? Why, why such a huge <laughs> price discrepancy? Because like uh, yeah, when I went into uh, Final Fantasy Seven, oh yeah, just I, look to see what the price was before I pre ordered Seven. I'd actually considered pl- buying Nine first because I was like, ah, uh, you know, I should, I'm, I might play that and then come back to Final Fantasy Seven once it's released. But then I looked at the fifteen dollar price discrepancy. I'm like, no, no, I don't want. Yeah, because I was interested in just uh, maybe grabbing nine to download, and it'll be there for when I decide to jump into a longer game. Yeah, but thirty six dollars. Yeah, then I thought, then I looked at the price. And went, oh, that, so that put me off straight away. Yeah. Like, I yeah. Why did they? Why did they have the high high price on that game? Maybe maybe twenty five or twenty for like a you know it's an old PlayStation One game. It is an old PlayStation as, as loved game. and as great as it is. Yeah. But then when you hold the candles together and you've got Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy VII's more acclaimed than what IX was, probably pretty much every standard, and it's $15 cheaper than IX, because mm. IX came out of the turn of the generation. It, like, it was the last Final Fantasy game to come out on PlayStation 1. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. Why well, charge that much for IX, but not that much for Seven? So I was just like, no, I won't bother. I'll wait until nine's on sale or by seven. Fuck yeah, me. maybe maybe they saw that people were, maybe they saw from their data people were clicking on it and not buying it, or the sales were slower than they thought. So they said for the said for the next release we'll bring it out cheaper price. See how that performs. Uh, yeah, maybe but fifteen dollars is a huge difference, and to be releasing is, yeah. and but. to be saying that with Final Fantasy seven, people would buy Final Fantasy seven for forty bucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That game is like, you know, it's critically acclaimed, so I can keep saying it. Keep you know. saying it. Say it again. Critically acclaimed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what their marketing strategy is with it, to be honest with you. And to be fair, I actually think it was the same on most platforms that happened as well. Like when Steam brought it out and okay. PS PSN brought it out, 9 is just more expensive. And I don't know why that is. There might be a reason maybe that to touch some things up with licensing that they couldn't carry over it, so they're charging a bit more for it to make up for that. There might be something in the back end well, that isn't look, just related to the could, games being what they are. It could be, but as long as it's not as bad as a as a thing they did with Final Fantasy V, which they neutered. Yeah. They they were like, oh, hey, look, four, like three and four look absolutely brilliant. Here's... Here's these really nice 3D remasters of the game and they look absolutely gorgeous. And then when they come to Final Fantasy V, they're like, let's just make all the sprites look super janky and make the text box look like look text boxes look like they were made in MS Paint. Yeah. It was awful. It yeah. was awful. They did that with a few of their games, like with a Chrono Trigger going to iOS. <sighs> they did it to that too. Just like, oh <laughs> why yeah, why do that? Why? Why nobody wants that? You just release it as it was and you'd probably sell it, sell more of it. Mm. Like, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. It's awful. 
but yeah so five Final Fantasy games this month enjoy and, and indulge yourself if you're a JRPG fan they're all very good games 10 and 10.2 come together so as much as I'd like to say you don't have to worry about 10.2 if you're buying 10 you get 10.2 yeah so um, yeah 10, 12, 7, 9 they're all supposedly brilliant games I've played 3 out of 4 of them Paul I'll get the 9 promise um, yeah indulge yeah. Final Fantasy's Final Fantasy's made its way back home to Nintendo after all these years after, ever since 6 well technically that was Final Fantasy 3 here yeah oh. why did they have to do that <laughs> yeah it's just a I have this argument all the time with with my American friends because they remember it as Final Fantasy 3. I'm like, but it's not Final Fantasy 3. They're like, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. Final Fantasy 3 is the game that I love that they remade for Nintendo DS. That is yeah. not Final Fantasy 3. <laughs> that is Final Fantasy 6. That is how it is. Mm. Sorry. I just go on. <laughs> <laughs> Final Fantasy is just a weird fucking part of, part Spe- of video game history. <laughs> Speaking of uh, turn-based games coming out, um, Persona announcements might be happening next week yeah this is something I wanted to touch on briefly as well um, so the big Persona news that was supposed to happen this month is actually next week on the 23rd after the anime special um, this is when you know we're going to hear about this supposed Persona 5S or Persona 5R you know their their golden version of the game that was like what PFP4 golden was mm. Um supposedly around this time as well there um there should be switch announcements as well because it's a big info dump after after the anime special basically of what's happening with persona 5 branding yeah sort of sort of things so probably uh if you're interested in all the shit that we've talked about on this podcast about persona and me yelling at drew for not playing it um if you're interested at all uh keep ears out next week because you might see a port for Persona 5 moving on to Switch. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. With all the stuff that's sort of floating around about Persona at the moment, it's definitely a possibility. So I suppose I just wanted to touch on that. Um, say, keep your eyes peeled. There might actually be more, be more information on Joker at that point too in Smash, considering that Atlas and Nintendo have been very closely co- like collaborating mm. uh, with this. Like the big old uh, Q&A that when Sakurai went to Atlas and did a Q and A there and all that stuff. They've been very particular and yeah, yeah. We could see Smash Smash gameplay, Joker and Smash. There you go. If it, if a, a port isn't announced or for, for Switch, are you going to be surprised or are you going to be? I reckon I will be at this point. Um, look, because with with um, especially with Smash, uh, with Cloud being in Smash, of all the characters they could have put from the Final Fantasy series. In Smash, they picked Cloud. Now, mm. Cloud was the only one that didn't appear on the console. We're like, well, Cloud's never been on a Nintendo console. Why is this? Why couldn't have we just had, like, I don't know, Cecil or Kane or someone from Final Fantasy, like earlier Final Fantasies? But now we're actually getting Final Fantasy VII on Switch. Which leads me to believe that Smash is, like, a big influence to, like, try and promote these games on, you know, another platform. Yeah. It's like, put our character on there, people get intrigued by that character, they buy our game on that platform. So, it's a very, very real possibility that we'll get it, especially with the death of the Vita, um, which is where... People... It officially died. Well, the... It officially died. It's been... Um, yeah. It's not being produced in Japan anymore. No. Yep, it's gone. It's dead. 
So they won't release it for Vita. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to release the a, a Persona remaster thingy, whatever you want to call it, special edition. They're not going to release it for Vita. It's not yeah. going to happen. Um, so they they've got to release a portable version. It'll probably go to Switch. Yeah. Well, the, the only place for the portable version is the Switch. It won't be coming to. No, you'd yeah. think to iPhone and Android. No, yeah. no, absolutely not. But maybe they, maybe the golden version or the special edition won't be a handheld version. Maybe it would just be a game of the year sort of situation on the PlayStation Four. Maybe. Uh, it, yeah. Look, I'm not saying that it's guaranteed, but at this at this point in time, I think because of Joker being on, uh, Joker being on, Joker being in Smash. Uh, and Atlas and Nintendo working pretty closely together. I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility that we'll see Persona on Switch. Mm. We have, no, we have. Yeah. I mean, we have Persona on DS. We're getting. I actually think I might have just released Q2. Mm, not just yet. I think it's like it's not that ju- far. Off. It's Juneish, May, maybe. It's not that far off. I was yeah. talking about Dash with da- talking to Dash about it the other day. Is he excited about it, or uh, he couldn't give a shit? I, I don't really know. To be Dash, right into the show. Let us know, mate. Just right into the show, you know. Let us know what you think about Q2. But, you know, it's it's not like we're not seeing Persona on a Nintendo console because we definitely are. Um, we've just never seen a mainline Persona hit a Nintendo console. So, Persona yeah. 5 could change that. Uh, and if it's going to come out at any time... That it's going to come into the, that it's going to come to the console. It'll be next week. All right, I'm 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 going to uh, put this out there now too. I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to wait for this date. Uh, I'm going to wait for these announcements. Yep. If there's no, like, hey guys, <laughs> Persona's coming to Switch. Here's here's uh, this year or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I'll get my copy out and I'll start playing on my PlayStation Four. Good I'll, boy. I'll start it up. Good yep. boy. Because I'm just waiting for this. If if you know, if it's not a thing, I'll be I'll start playing it. And like, yes, I I, I get that, and I get I get why you've been holding on and waiting for it, and uh, like ever since the possibility is very real. Hmm. I can see why you're like, oh no, I won't play it because it might come out on Switch, and that's where I'll play more of it. Yeah, that's what that's what I'll have a lot better chances of finishing it on my Switch. I guess so. Than I do on my PlayStation because I can start on my PlayStation. I can I might get even ninety hours in. And I might stop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But to, to be fair, if I get to 90 hours, surely I'll be able to do the extra little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I say wait till next week anyway. And then you might get you, you might get your dream, mate. You might get your dream. You might get Persona 5 on Switch and then you'd be, then you'd be golden. Persona 4, golden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a life. What are you doing there, mate? You're playing with your hair? Yeah, playing with my hair. Putting your ponytail back in? How'd it come out? What happened? No, hair ties just... They suck, man. No, right. I'll... You know what? All these years that I had short hair... <laughs> all these years that I had short hair and I never really understood the struggle of having long hair. Yeah? In the past like year and a half, maybe a little bit more, I very much understand the struggle. Mm, fair enough. It's pretty struggling, mate. I mean, I... When when I was younger, I used to grow out my hair, and it used to it used to just be a big buff. It never went. Yes, it did. <laughs> it never went down, so I never had I never had long hair. Maybe it was long, but it was just it just become an afro. You're an afro, man. And like you grow, you're your like hair. Reggie Fieser, mate. Not quite that afro, but yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. I've got like that's old, the way it went. <laughs> yeah, I've got like old school photos where it's just like holy shit, like my hair looks so big. <laughs> And that's just good. Like, I didn't used to like cutting my fringe because I didn't like... I was like... Oh, I guess... No, it was like self-conscious, like type of thing. Like, I wanted to sort of hide under my hair. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But like, you. you know, you, you grow up, you're like, oh, just fucking it's so annoying. Get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's not so much, it's not like, so much an annoyance, it's just hair ties suck. Yeah, well, mine gets real thick. Oh, it, yeah. it gets harder to wash and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. just just keep it nice and short. Yep. So fair enough. I've not needed hair ties in a while. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I gave you some time to tie up your hair. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, and uh, last little bit of the show, there was a uh, an article by Kessel McDonald on uh, The Guardian titled Nintendo at uh, 130. It's on us to create that wow, wow moment for players. And it was an interview between Kessel McDonald and Takahashi and uh, Nagami on um, the legacy of Nintendo. Yep. And they went through sort of Nintendo's past, how they got into video games, uh, and sort of the the sort of new take on Nintendo's development. Talking about how Shigeru, Shigeru Miyamoto, uh, you know, wasn't that impressed initially with the idea of Splatoon, but since 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 uh, since the f- series came out, it's become a huge success for them. Oh yeah, yeah, it's one of Nintendo's best mm. performing IPs now. Yeah, so I, I would. Uh, urge you to go and have a look at it there'll be a link in the show notes to the article read through it it's probably about 10 10 15 minute read yep. it's really interesting but I, I guess I just wanted to use it as a talking point Bryce just to talk about sort of Nintendo's um, I guess more recent within the last five years their take on development and using or bringing in a younger blood yep. to sort of create their games yeah well I mean it's that's the thing is it's the turn of a generation now in terms of humanity and uh, the people that were developing the games we love are now getting older, and it's not—it's not because they're falling out of the cool style or anything <laughs> like that. It, Old just, man, you're having a lot of—you're <laughs> getting a lot of people now that are new puppies, new tricks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like they're coming into the industry, they're learning all this stuff that you know the older game developers now are not. And it's really pushing forward. A lot of people were really interested in making that next big bang for an IP. Um, Splatoon, you know, Splatoon was the biggest thing to sort of hit the Wii U. Yeah, it was definitely like, you think back to that generation and Splatoon is the one where you're like, that's their new big idea. Like you had Mario Kart and Smash, which were great iterations of the games, but yeah, Splatoon is like a Splatoon good... is the IP that survived off of a very, mm. very poor selling console. Yeah, well, it was Nintendo's entrance into a genre which was huge, and they had no part in as well. Exactly. Yeah, mm. and I mean, Splatoon's a very competitive, competitive game. Mm. It's one of the among among one of the most competitive shooters out there at the moment. Yeah. Um. And, I mean, that's saying something, really, for something like Splatoon to be considered a competitive shooter because stuff like stuff like Call of Duty and stuff like that is starting to fall out of favour now. Not a lot of people are tuning into those sort of streams. A lot of people are just watching Battle Royale. Mm. Um, like, especially, well, as far as Call of Duty goes, it's, it's, bigger, it's almost bigger than ever. It's selling, like, millions of copies. But... As far as like streaming and the zeitgeist goes within the like hardcore gaming community, it's really not there. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like it's it's the same people who own a you know, probably they've picked up a PlayStation and they probably play FIFA or whatever, and they pick up Call of Duty and they're like the three games or whatever they pick up each year. Yeah, and it's it just it's continually to it's it's more of a, it's almost becoming more of a casual game. It is in that respect. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, in, the thing is, is um especially with those titles like 
there there was already a leak this year for Call of Duty, and they're like, oh, they're bringing back Modern Warfare Two, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. So Modern Warfare Two remastered, and it's just going to be standalone at this point. Um, only the campaign was rated. It was like rated R or something in Australia. It was on the ratings board website, so it was actually leaked, like by the ratings board. And I mean that's great, but it sort of just shows that like now, now at the moment they've 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 lost that zeitgeist for popular streaming. Modern Warfare Two was one of the most popular games in existence mm. that never hit the streaming era. Yeah, so well, now yeah. they're trying to bring yeah. it back. That was yeah, that was before the streaming era. I could yep. I could not imagine Modern Warfare Two back. Like if if that happened now with Twitch, yeah, it would have been gigantic. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember going to try and pick up that game, and I could not find it for like under ninety dollars. No, it yeah. was just even even a year after release, its popularity was gigantic. Immense. Like there's there's stuff like GDA and Pokemon and all that 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 holds its value, but the fact like Call of Duty was like hundred dollars and you couldn't find it under that. Yeah. Second hand copies, obviously EB Games is that's still that was still eighty bucks. Notorious for that, but it was still like eighty, ninety dollars. Yeah. And because I never actually picked up that game because I'm like, I'm not paying that much. I picked up the original version, just Modern Warfare. Yep. And I just played that. I'm like, that's close enough. It's shooting, it's fine. <laughs> and I don't know, it's yeah, it's a whole different beast, really. Yeah. Like Modern Warfare was uh so Call of Duty Four was my favourite one. Um, and Modern Warfare 2 was basically like, hey, here's Call of Duty 4, but we souped the fuck out of it. We put like a nitros tank in the back and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. It, that, that's just how big that sort of was. And that's coming coming back to the actual original subject of the topic, something like that, Modern Warfare 2 was crazy. Hmm. And now COD, ever since I would like to say Black Ops, has fallen down the path so much that now we're seeing, you know, in the competitive scene... A lot of people are very less interested in watching something like Call of Duty as they are to, say, Splatoon or a Battle Royale, which is obviously the ultimate craze at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it's just sort of in that in that range, really. Um, at this point in time, it's hard to say, like, where Splatoon, where Splatoon sort of goes from where it is now. It's been released early on in the console life. Um, do they wait until the next console before they release the next one? They've stopped updating Splatoon two. Are they working on Splatoon three? I'd probably, I'd probably say so. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, just looking at it from that perspective, something like Splatoon coming out that's been made for people from people entering the industry, and it's mm. Nintendo's first new successful IP that's just blown up as much as it has, and it did it on a dying console. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's one of the top top 10 best-selling Wii U games as well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, in, in this article, they use Masuda, the director of the uh, Pokemon series. Masuda. In in this. And, like, they say, like, a lot of his stuff... He started from the beginning and, like, they grew up creating the series and to what it is now. But a lot of the staff he works with are in their 30s now. And they're... They grew up, like, trading Pokemon cards in at yeah. school, playing the games collecting all the Pokemon in red and blue and now they're working there and they're the ones working alongside him. Yeah, yeah. So, it, like, this, just like the studio culture within Nintendo is just completely different now. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you get, uh, like I said earlier, they had the new team working on Breath of the Wild and stuff like that and I, I know that I know that Breath... The thing with Breath of the Wild is it's like one of the most the critical acclaimed Zeldas of all time but there is still that group out there that's just like, oh, I just don't like it. And typically they don't like it because it's not how Zelda has been for the last 
a decade and mm. a half. It's not been a story story driven based game. It's now going back to open world explore, exploration with Breath of the Wild, but. I mean, I just want to implore the fact that that game is such a technical marvel for Zelda games. Like, it is insane how just insane to see a Zelda where you can see a place and walk to it. That distance might be ages away. Might mm. it might take you, you know, an hour of walking to get there, but you can go there. Yeah, you know that's that's something incredible for Zelda, and the fact that there's a team within Nintendo now that can make a game like that is crazy. Yeah, it's one of the probably it's probably one of the first games I can think of at Nintendo where they're like, "This is a game that takes inspiration from other games before it." Yeah, like that they, they said they looked at Skyrim and like games by Bethesda and uh, like The Witcher Three. They looked at these games and thought, well, "What can we bring to the Zelda franchise from these?" We would like to do something similar to Zelda. Is basically mm. what they did. Yeah, and they and they did a freaking amazing job. Yeah, some things they did better, some things they didn't do as well, but. Yeah, but it was it's definitely the experimental stage. And like I said before, yeah. the next Zelda could very well be, um, you know, a more story-focused but still quite big world, uh, seamless open world like they've learned from Monolith Soft and how to make that translate well. And, you know, you've got more sp- sprawling towns and cities and stuff like that. You know, that could, be, that could be Zelda and you could still have your story-based Zelda, but you will have this giant open world to play in too. Mm. That'll be the ultimate Zelda game, where people will still get their massive. What is your cat doing? I don't know. I just hear like bang, crash, bang. It's, it's cat's getting older. Everyone, it's, yeah. it's just driving itself into everything. It's a big cat. Well, it's not a big cat. <laughs> How big is it? Bed. She's still small, but yeah, she's big ha- enough to cause chaos. Yeah, she's starting to um, be a bit more pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to cats. Yeah. Um. So, you know, back on the subject, and eventually. That that will create a Zelda that everyone can love, you know, a Zelda with dungeons, like big sprawling dungeons and a big open world and a much tighter story than what because the the whole point of Breath of the Wild was to discover your story. Um, yeah. But people want a Zelda where the story is laid out for them. That's fine. They can still do that. Still have a massive open world. You know, that's their next stepping stone. I think mm. is combining the ideas of the last fifteen years and the ideas of Breath of the Wild and smashing them together and creating something crazy. And I believe this new development team that's come into Nintendo can do that. Um, and I mean, it's add zero disrespect to the people who've created the games we've loved in the past because those, those games are obviously brilliant. You know, they're timeless classics and we love playing them. But, um, yeah, it's I, I suppose it's the turn. It's It's time for, you know, the new team to move in and have the people who had been creating the games of the past to supervise and you know manage a team and mm. I think that's a good way to good way to explain it I don't know about you yeah yeah definitely like there's there's definitely a way to sort of keep the Nintendo magic but also evolve and become something new absolutely I still want to see all these people who have worked on these games at Nintendo like from oh, yeah, from yeah. my past I would love to see them in in the director's chair and you know mm. Well, a lot of them are like Shigeru Miyamoto. He's like a supervisor, but he doesn't have a lot of the titles he's working on now. He's not like saying, "I want this here, and this is going to work this way." He's sort of like he's sort of more in the background, saying like sort of making recommendations. Yes, like what if uh, Mario, you know, did this instead of like what if Mario had a pet dog? Yeah, 
It's funny, in the article too, they say that Shigeru Miyamoto never praises anyone, but like behind behind their backs, he, he he's pleased. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they word it. <laughs> from the uh, the creator of, of Splatoon, yeah, yeah, he seems like such a jolly man, though. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like I've heard. I, I would imagine if you work there, it would be terrifying to work underneath him. He would be like, it has this has to be perfect, and you're just there like, oh shit. He'll yeah, because be, you, you you're playing with his baby there. A very confronting boss, I would imagine. You're playing with his baby there. That yeah, that's very serious matter. Like us looking at him as like, oh, the creator of some of our favorite stuff. Yep. Like obviously just a magic human being, one of the best minds in gaming. Mm-hmm. But fuck, I'll be terrified if I worked for him. <laughs> yeah, because you wouldn't want to screw it up. No, be like a, the game comes out and like you 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 get to the triple jump like ha ha. Then the game freezes. Shigeru Miyamoto's like, who did this? <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like at the back. No. Like, you're back. You're at the back. Like, oh shit! I forgot the program. The last jump. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh god, I don't know. Mm. It, it 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 is it's it's an interesting read from what I had the time to read because I couldn't get through. Yeah, all I, I I sent Bryce the link, so I have a read before uh, have a read of this before the podcast. This is why I had to talk about the projectile vomit. Anyway, <laughs> had the feeling time I had to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So um, I, I skimmed through it, but the typical is that your door, mate? That's my door, mate. Well. You might have, Hold on, I'll, I'll go and get the door. Anyway. Alright. You, uh, <laughs> you ran for me. Okay. Hello, everybody. It's me. I'm ranting. What? Drew's going to cut this out more than likely. It's what you had for dinner last night, chat. Nom, 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 nom. Guess who's back? Now I can't even remember what I was saying. Ugh. Don't know why Chantel knocked. The door's open, but. Oh, yeah. There you go. Cool. Anyway, I guess just to cap it off, from what I'd read, and we got to the end of it, basically the future of Nintendo. Hopefully, we're going to see these these development teams to sort of grow up to be what we had in the past. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, as as we were growing older, we had a lot of joy brought to us with all the all the games coming out. You know, a lot of good times to be had. But as as chairs are being pushed over, put well pushed to the push to the next person as for example with Reggie and Doug Bowser how that's gone hopefully that means that we get these new people they come in and they create some magical memories for people who are younger than us and we get a new generation of Nintendo fans sort of blow through but while we're still while we're still playing video games we can still enjoy their works as well and hopefully that um, they still manage to be able to create something that we can all enjoy just as Nintendo fans despite what generation we're from mm. and I think you pretty wholeheartedly agree with that I do wholeheartedly agree okay so I, I, I encourage you guys to go and check out the article yep it's a great write up by Keza and uh, she always does good work I didn't know she was at the Guardian but apparently she is or maybe she's freelancing I've got no Ooh, idea yeah because she used to be at IGN then she went to Kotaku uh, UK then I guess now she's at the Guardian yeah yeah, yeah there you go here there and everywhere mate yeah alright guys thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 88 uh, this was actually it's a pretty hard one to get through just through what's happened this week um, sorry if I sounded a bit more <laughs> low key but it's just yeah that's how I feel at the moment yep just with all the news being Australian obviously you guys know what I'm talking about probably if you've seen yep. the news well look but, um, the general gist of it is that 
we won't talk about what happened, but as as the House of Mario, we send our condolences. It's obviously going yeah. to be a very hard thing to get through. If you're listening to us this 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 week, you you'd know exactly what we're talking about, like Drew said. Yeah. So uh it's a bit of a bit of a dark time in news and it's been very frazzling. It's very very crazy. So yeah, very close to home. Yeah. Absolutely. Um but everything that's surrounded it, just we've had the news handled it and And yeah. How they our come. politicians and yeah. It's disgusting. Just, yeah. Yeah, just awful. If we're on a news, if we, if we were a news podcast, everybody, we, we we would have talked about it and just sort of mm. displayed our disgust. Yeah, I'm sure it is what it is. We'll be going over over this in detail. If you want to hear about it this week, that's a uh, Jack Cruz's podcast, also on the Eight Bit Collective. Yeah, so go and check him out. But uh, from the House of Mario, uh, our condolences, and we hope that despite all the loss, that there will be some sort of reconciliation and we will come to a resolution of some kind where we can ensure the safety of people across New Zealand nation. Yeah. Anyway, guys, you can find me on Twitter at iDribby. You can find Bryce at IVRevan and you can find the show at The House of Mario. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to join our Discord to talk Nintendo, video games, whatever, there's an invite in the show notes below. Well, not below. Maybe just in front of the thing. I don't know. In the front of the thing. It's not YouTube. It's not below. I no, don't really know. Like, yeah. Who knows? It depends on the platform we use. Honestly, you think you it's, know? It's just ridiculous. It is. It's a bit. It's a bit crazy. Mm. 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 And we are part of the Eight Bit Collective, ten plus Australian podcasts, and one American one coming together to put some good, awesome audio content in your ears. Yeah. And until next week, we'll see you later. See you later.